better lose yourself in the Commander Smith the moment you own it you better never let it go whoa you only get one card do not miss your chance to blow the opportunity comes only once in a game time yo <laughs> I got I got that nice M&M <laughs> is it lose it no uh, lose yourself. Lose yourself. Lose there we go. <laughs> that was nice. I, I like that. Uh, welcome to Commander Smiths. Uh, this is episode one. I am Adam Smith, joined by my cousin, Mr. Lowry Smith. How are you doing, Lowry? Pretty good. How are you, Adam? Very good. Uh, you guys can catch us at, um, let's see, Commander Smiths on Twitter. And also, you could email us at commandersmiths at gmail.com. This is our first episode. Well, kind of. I mean, we've we've recorded one whole episode yeah. once already and then realized oh our mics weren't working it was actually recording through the laptop yeah and it, it's it sounded a little uh, unprofessional <laughs> yeah, um, a little echoey <laughs> not saying that we're professional no. at all at the least uh, this is um 1.5 episode yep. 1.5 <laughs> <There we> go. <laughs> anyways this uh episode or basically what our episodes are going to be about what our podcast is going to be about we'll be generally talking about commander edh um some other things what are we deck deck ideas we want to do speculating on cards we want to talk about new cards because who doesn't want to talk about new cards because most part like fun part of everything uh and we want to do potentially like expanded in the future into like building decks and showing you guys the ideas that we have maybe even starting to play commander and kind of videoing it and throwing it up on youtube to watch other people watch yeah that's the that's the goal Future. yeah, yeah <laughs> that's, that's our that's our dream to do all this to play it, magic it's a and, lot of work yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> it's taken us a while to get this far and then also we're going to be talking about specs here and there what cards we think are going to be good uh potential big winners for commander edh mainly edh specs i mean we will dabble in other specs maybe modern or whatever but mainly we when we spec we're specking for commander cards yeah and that's we want to help out the commander community and want to make cards more like decks more diverse within the field because it, net decking net decking is always a problem almost everywhere um if you can attracts the decks kind of look very similar you want to throw in the planeswalkers that you own that fit within the colors uh, and then, but we just hope to kind of maybe diversify what people play with. Exactly. But this episode, that's not what we're talking this, about. This yeah, episode. this episode. This episode is more of who we are, uh, our background, basically how we got into magic. Uh, the couple things we're going to go over, just basically what we started with, how we got into EDH, how we evolved to EDH from mm -hmm. when we started playing magic. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe some of our favorite decks least favorite decks <laughs> least favorite decks to play against uh within our community play group what our play group does kind of our rules our house rules and really how we evolve to how we're playing now how our play group is now and it is some of the most fun that we've probably had within our magical life magical yeah <laughs> our magical lifespan yeah <laughs> i think it's magical what is <laughs> What does your wife say? Oh, no, she says we're when, gathering. Yeah, when we're, we're getting together, we're gathering. We're gathering. <laughs> it's our code way, yeah. word. Uh, so she doesn't have to explain it to her parents what I'm doing. <laughs> well, the best part is when I'm like telling other people, I'm like, hey, yeah, I'm playing cards. They're like, oh, really? I, I should come over. I was like, no, it's, it's not the cards you're thinking. Kind of different. <laughs> but yeah, now, basically, we're going to go into 
what we do as our whole group together, like how we evolved into that and where we are today. But first we have to start from the, the start beginning. From... <laughs> Where's our graphics? We need our, our YouTube channel up already so you can see the, the, the fingers that Lowry yeah, just did. That's great. <laughs> Wayne's Weird <world>. fingers. <laughs> but yeah, so the um how we started. How did we start, Lowry? Well, starting, like, you're the one that kind of brought it into my reality as a kid. And, I mean, we've been playing, I, I would say, when was over that? 18 years. Yeah, I mean, we were, I, we're at the beginning of Magic. We started kind of in the first couple of years of Magic. I, I remember, like, I didn't know it was revised, but probably revised uh, Fallen Empires, yeah. Ice Age... Fallen Empires. Awful. <laughs> so terrible. Remember how Rainbow Veil was like, oh yeah, this is the sweetest card. You get any color, but you pass it to every single person. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that card's like $5. I now. know, but it, it's just because it's... Reserve list. Yeah, exactly. That's whatever. But yeah, I started... Magic was kind of big in my school, uh, my my little group of friends. But there was two games that we were playing. It was at the same time, they we were kind of trying to figure out which game we were going to play. Mm-hmm. One was Magic, and by the same creator... Richard Garfield, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jihad, I believe, is what it was called. I looked it up because we had talked about it. Jihad, and then they changed it to Vampires later. But as I when I played it, it was Jihad. Huh. And I completely forgot about that game. But at the same time we were playing Magic, we were playing that. And that was just strictly Vampires. Really different play style. You would think... okay. Same creator, be like, all right, I'm going to make a similar game. And no, they're completely Not. different. Richard Garfield, I, I believe, has like a doctorate in something. So he's a pretty smart guy. And uh, he's come up with a ton of different games. Nothing as popular as Magic, yeah. but it's also the originator, mostly the originator of just like uh, collective trading card games. And so. basically from there, uh, I played... With my friends, actually, we played so much. Uh, this isn't why I got banned. I'm remembering why we got banned right now as we're talking. It got banned in our school because it people were stealing cards, like what happened with me. I actually, yeah. my whole collection, I was a stupid fifth grader and had it in my <laughs> locker with no lock on it. I was like, oh, yeah, I could just throw my cards in there. Came back after class, and they were, they were gone. gone. All of them gone. And I was just devastated. And I think that's when I still was trying to decide which one i wanted to play and then i kind of shifted to jihad a little bit because i was like well these are the only cards i have now (laughs) (laughs) so i had i think a couple decks of that and then after that uh it just it wasn't as cool as magic i just i the the way magic flowed and everything and i decided to show you guys you you were playing it with jake already our cousin jake and then you guys came over to uh my dad's house and you showed my brother, and I would assume that your brother already knew. But you guys are sitting on the carpet, and you're just kind of going like, this is how we play this game. And I specifically remember, like, first card, Wall of Wood. This is going to block <laughs> anything for a while. And, Such a good one and drop. I didn't, you know, you don't, when you're first into the game, you don't understand how good cards can be or how bad they can be. And when you're a kid, everything's really skewed. Yeah. When I was starting... I loved Crawworm and Crawjoint. Green creatures. Yeah. 
Thorn Elemental was amazing. Yeah, I, I just, Force of Nature was my little baby. I remember taking that all around. Oh man, it's <laughs> it, such a terrible card. It was though. hard to stop though at <laughs> yeah, that point. At that time. point, and so you can we could talk about power creep in the future about how the game has evolved. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, was. it's just gotten stronger. And we've talked about that many times just yeah. through the years. It just makes the old cards kind of terrible. I'm surprised that they even well but iconic masters they, they have had to throw nostalgia in. too yeah. because you know I still think of like Ishin Shade from Homelands and that card's like three black three colorless it's a five five protection from white and it was one of the coolest legends back then if you didn't like legends was hard to get a hold of the set yeah and so at that point and uh, I don't believe Chronicles had been out yet Sarah Angel was. The badass for a while there. Sarah Angel was really And now awesome. it's a common, or is, he, is she a uncommon? She's an uncommon. Uncommon, but she was a rare. <laughs> she, she was, was a rare. rare. I mean, Shivan Dragon <laughs> yeah, I mean, was a rare. It's I believe it still would be a rare. But a lot of cards have been changed, and Volcanic Dragon used to be a rare, and that's uncommon. That was reprinted in a, in a M set. Uh, you know, Silverback Gorilla. They they tend to be downgrading cards because they aren't as good as they used yeah. to be. So, what, well, thinking back to that, when you got into Magic and everything, what was one of your favorite old cards? You can't go one of the more expensive cards. Just like bad. No, yeah, it was. Old. It was. It was obviously Black Lotus was my favorite. Yeah, card. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, that is a really good take there, no, Larry. My, <laughs> my my favorite card to play with was uh, Defense of the Heart. Uh, which yeah, is play that one green, three colorless enchantment. If an opponent has uh, four or more creatures in play, you can sacrifice the enchantment during your upkeep and go put two creatures from your deck into play. And that was always really cool to me. Um, and it's, it's so you could get your big green I, crawl I could go and get, get my crawl worms, worms and, <laughs> and thorn elementals. And, you know, that, that slowly evolved into, like, Go and try and get Avatar of Woe uh, and other awesome cards like, I can't even say the word, like Autoclong Worm from Ravnica. That's I don't like even know 15. that one. That's a 914 Convoke Trampler. Oh, geez. It's, wait, but it's wait, awesome. Yeah. But it's impossible to play with, pretty much. So I always went for the... the... When it's 60-card decks. Yeah, Like we exactly. used to play. That's, you know... Again, but, we've been playing for over 18 years at this point. But at that age, we weren't... We weren't smart enough to be like, oh, we should keep it at 60. They were never 60-card decks. Mine were, yeah. mine were normally like basically EDH style. They were like 100 <laughs> cards before, Just have before EDH. Like uh, we said, uh, my, my brother Justin basically... He would take every single one of his cards and put them all in the, in his deck. I'm saying his <laughs> whole yeah, collection. Yeah. And Larry has stated this before, but uh, basically Justin was playing EDH before EDH was EDH. Be- before we was playing, <laughs> we were playing EDH, and so <laughs> yeah. it was. He was ahead of his time, and he was like ten years younger than <laughs> yeah, us. It was pretty funny. Like Justin, how are you going to shuffle that thing? And that's and, and what he, we deal he, with he, on a daily basis now. That's how yeah. big our decks are. Yeah. Hundred cards with sleeves, they're pretty dang big. Yeah. I actually yeah, I double sleeve, so it's even bigger. I'm not compensating for anything though. <laughs> why why do you double sleeve? <laughs> uh I double sleeve because um story is my uh we were going to a party, me and my wife, and we brought uh burger fixings. Wasn't it our party? You came to it my house. It was your party, uh your birthday party, I believe. And um Everything got put into my bag where I had brought some modern decks that weren't double-sleeved. We didn't have proxies, which we will talk about. And the pickle juice spilled 
all over the place. <laughs> yeah, but and it wasn't that you heard it spill. It was all of a sudden I the car. It. There you go. <laughs> I smelt the pickles. You're and, like, oh, shit. And I, well, I was like, what is that smell? And my wife was just, oh, it must be the pickles. And I went, where are the pickles? <laughs> and then I just like, it was, all the cards were in the box. And I just like, I was driving and I just like popped the box and threw it all over the back. So it was away from whatever pool of liquid pickle juice in my bag you know you know what that was though those weren't those uh that was a modern those are modern decks modern decks yeah see that was the edh gods telling you to stop playing modern (laughs) (laughs) you're like get rid of those we're gonna turn those pickle juice you're not gonna be able to play with those cards anymore stay with edh bad lowry (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so to go from basically we weren't playing modern we were playing what would you consider what we were playing at that time when we were kids Uh, i mean it really is well i mean it was legacy rules we but it was more tabletop rules. yeah we didn't count uh countertop casual magic yeah I, I think and that's what a lot of people still do which is the most fun yeah well and then we evolved into edh from you actually because yeah. i would uh, i had a job where i was driving about an hour to get back home every day and so to buy the time I would call Lowry and we'd just talk about magic cards, deck ideas, all that. And one day you came up with, you're like, hey, I heard about this new format. And I was like, what? Yeah. Having a commander? What? And so I, I learned about this probably the winter before the commander product came out that Wizards made. Yep, it was and, right before that. And uh, it was my friend Matt from college. And he was just like, he just talking about EDH, which was Elder Dragon Highlander at that point in time uh super under the radar and he made a rec seal of the the deep deck and i made a deck on blade uh black blade deck and he crushed me and my deck was awful and it was hard <laughs> to like conceive of 100 cards only one at a p pe- like one at a time man it's so much harder to make a deck with it, oh yeah with I one mean, card for each i love it though but you it- you have roughly you know 60 to uh, 58 different or like singleton cards in there and then you got your lands yeah. obviously but it's so much harder than having 10 different yeah. cards well, maybe in a 60 card deck modern deck right now can take me maybe a couple hours to build whereas an edh deck literally takes me a week or plus yeah. i yep. mean i just i normally get as many cards that i have the deck idea I get as I write them all down, get the idea, all the cards that work well together, and then I try to narrow that 500 card list down to <laughs> 58, and then your lands into that, or you know whatever it is. It's just, oh, it's hard, but I love it. Yeah. And, and then we also go back and forth. A lot of times it's like, hey, Larry, I need to cut 15 cards, but I love them all. What do I do? <laughs> and we'll, you know, and most of them are bad anyway. So it's oh, whatever. <laughs> You just can scrap that whole deck. That is yeah, a terrible that's idea. A terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. Should. So then you introduced that to me. I, I just love that idea of having a commander. I just thought that that's how back in the day when I played Magic, that the Magic on not the online. You know what I'm talking about? The game on the computer. Oh, I can never remember how. I, I believe it's Chandelar. Yeah, there we go, Chandelar. That was that idea of like having one guy controlling, like you're. Standing, I always picture magic. It was a planeswalker before there were planeswalkers. Well, okay, so you know how I always picture magic is, is it fast bond? 
the play as many lands as you want. How it has the wizard standing up on the, the yeah. Pl- yep. That's how I picture magic. That you're that player standing there casting all your creatures, <laughs> and then the other person's on a different bluff on the other side, and then they're casting their creatures and they fight against each other, and that's how you win. You got to kill the wizard on the little plateau. On the okay, that's how I've right. always pictured it. And so I when never, you brought up the idea uh, of, or not brought up the idea, but when you were telling me about commander, I was like, God, this is exactly how I thought of command, like how magic should be. You have this one general that's you and ordering all your guys in your deck to go kill the other person. <laughs> so it was perfect. I loved it. Yeah. And my, um, I'm trying to think, what was my, oh yeah, my first deck, Joria. Joria, yeah. Joria was suspending big fatties yeah. and taking extra turns. It's such a good idea. It's just, it's boring now. <laughs> I can't, I can't play that deck. I've, I haven't got rid of that. That's probably my original deck that I still haven't got rid of. Out of all the decks that I built in that first year, well, actually, because once Commander came out, I did build Animar. I still have that deck. Yeah. But I don't play that ever anymore. I mean, that one... It's a, it's a solid, really hard-to-deal-with deck. But it's just so straightforward, and that's kind of why I kept trying to tweak Joria to make it so I'd play it, but I still... I just... I can't play her. Well, I, I got to take it apart. It's really but linear, it, so it goes one direction. Basically, you have a, a ton of huge converted mana cost cards in your hand, and then you suspend it and do nothing else. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I think what I did with the newest adjustment is I made it so I'm taking stuff. So I made it more of a taking deck instead of a big creature deck. Okay. From what I was doing before. But anyways, I just, I can't, you know, it's just, it's nostalgic. I can't get rid of it, but. I don't play it, so it's See, like I it's just sitting there. <laughs> I don't think I have like the emotional attachment to my decks that you do, even no, though they're all my babies. <laughs> I just, uh, I you know, my deck on Black Blade deck. Well, was, that was just terrible. That's it was you... terrible, but I didn't try and adjust it and size like save it. I I killed it instantly. That's I the went, only one that I've, I've saved from back then. Oh, besides the Animar, but Animar came a little bit later once Commander actually mm-hmm. came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So that was uh, I just in in. One of these days, I'll destroy it. And to talk about, like, just the first Commander product that they put out, which had, like, Gave Guru of Spores, Kalia the Vast, those, that product was amazing when it when it comes to what Wizards pre-made products come out. It was far and away the best stuff that they've ever put out when it comes to pre-constructed stuff. Well, and, and then each year it just gets better and better. Yeah, it just... I mean, well made. This last 2017 commander decks are just—you could play them right out of the box, and they're pretty dang competitive. And Edgar yeah. is pretty crazy. Edgar, um, Urdragon's really good yeah. as well. Uh, all you got to do is replace the comes into play tap lands with lands that that don't, are good. Yeah, that are that are decent. <laughs> that are I mean, good. basic lands. As long as you can get enough basic lands out, are almost better. Yeah, than the come into play tap. But yeah, it's. Those decks are just getting better and better, and we've talked about this before, but I I think Commander is the best supported format right now for Magic. I mean... What what Wizards is doing, yeah. yeah they're they're putting more and more Commander product into their Normal new sets. sets. Yeah, yeah, just their every three-month sets or whatever. Three-month? Mm-hmm. Four-month? Three-month. It's three-month. Three-month, yeah. there we go. Yeah, so, I mean, it's kind of crazy because sometimes the set just seems like it's made for commander uh you you can go back to like uh a lot of return to ravnica was based around like hey let's get these really cool commander cards into play yeah and see what people do with it now the set was bought like crazy um a lot of cards are cheap but like 
Rurik Thar is an awesome card, and I'm sure What we'll, does that one do? Uh, so that's six mana. It's green, red, four colorless. Uh, I believe it's a 6-6 six, six Vigilance Reach. Has to attack each turn, but oh, yeah. every non-creature spell that's cast, that player takes like six life, oh, yeah. six damage. That's a really cool conceptual card, uh, and it's, it restricts deck building, and it makes you want to be creative with what you do. Um and I think it just does a really good job. And there are other cards in there too, uh, from Gatewater, um, Gate Crash, and Return to Ravnica in general. Well, yeah. that was really good for the format. Yeah, I mean, even this, uh, you know, the, what is it? Return No, Rivals of Ixalan that came out not too long ago. That those cards, most of those cards, they're building. I mean, they have a lot of cards that are made so you can make it a command. Your commanders, basically. Yeah. They made a ton. Well, now you can have Elder dinosaur highlander yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not just dragons anymore that's you got great. elder dinosaurs yep. <laughs> and that's uh that's how it should be yeah exactly. should... <laughs> man but... imagine if they would have had dinosaurs when we were kids holy crap yeah. we all lost our balls there because that <laughs> we love dinosaurs dinosaurs are Jurassic really cool. park was in our wheelhouse yeah Jurassic park was when we were kids uh and, and that imagine? was some of the oh, that was an Lord. amazing movie <laughs> and if they had come out with a dragon set or a a, Raptors, a, I want a that. Dinosaur set. <laughs> it would have been crazy for the kids. <laughs> so currently, what is your favorite deck that you play with? Now, don't, don't, don't say Atraxa. I don't, well, I the don't the, do it. The original Everybody. episode one, I did say Atraxa, Atraxa, and I do like it because, but it deals with minus one, minus one counters instead of it's plus one, idea. plus one or planeswalkers. But uh, currently, my like the deck I continue to tweak, and I. And I really like it, but I it's not as good as I would like it. Is Locust God? Um, oh yeah, that is. It's it's really so fun good. when it gets going, yeah. but it's, it's so dangerous. One one of the problems that I find with like building a deck is when your commander cost is too high, and I build my decks around the commander. So obviously you want to be drawing a ton of cards, but if you're drawing all these cards before your six drop comes out, then you don't have the cards to draw more cards yeah. and it, it's a little bit of a it works well though once you get that back you're really good at your mana curve with everything like oh and by the way people i say things wrong i say mana and that's <laughs> what i said when i was a kid and i just i know it's mana but i that's just one thing i always do that <laughs> i'm not gonna change it because i just i know how it's supposed to be but for me it's just mana it's it sounds good for me so <laughs> that's my little I guess it'll be a pet peeve for other people that I'm saying it, it wrong. Could be. Yeah, and we'll, <laughs> but I know I'm saying it wrong, so and, that's the thing. And magic cards are all like a lot of the names are just made up names, and so that one isn't. That one's supposed to be isn't. That's a real word. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, like yeah, that one. It's probably in the Bible. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you, uh, yeah. So, but a lot of them are named, and we're gonna probably butcher them. Oh yeah, and so especially me. Lowry's the word Smith with this, <laughs> so a lot of times I'll just say, hey. What is uh this card that does all this? I can tell you exactly what it all does. And then Larry's like, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so-and-so-and-so. Actually, there's a story with Larry with that. He went on a road trip with uh, some friends, yeah. and they were able to read the flavor text of the card, and Larry could name the card. Nerd! <laughs> they, were, they were really easy ones to do, like Black Knights and uh, Lana War Elves. Like, that's... I, I'm pretty sure 75% of the people out there could name these cards randomly if they heard the flavor text. It just makes sense. So, 
that's my defense. <laughs> but yeah, that's a good, uh, going back to the Locust God, that is a very good, we, we actually were fighting over who was going to build that deck. Yeah. Remember? I was like, I want to build a Locust God deck. Yeah, I want to build it. And I was like, you go ahead. You build the Locust God. You had, I, I built, I changed actually what I, I rethinking about it. My favorite deck right now deals kind of with the Locust God as well. But it's the Nekrasar remake that I did with that, yeah, where I, I added I all the gods into it. Uh, I played all three, the Scarab God, the Locust God, and Scorpion God. Yeah. And it's, it's a fun deck. I My style of play is normally to sit back, and I don't have to attack everybody. Um, on the previous podcast, the original one, I, all my decks are, my new decks I really love. I did the partner commanders, which are we going to remember the names again? Dang I know I one of them is Silas Wren. There we go. I can't believe you didn't like write this write down. down. I know because I didn't think I was going to bring it up again. I don't know why you did. <laughs> I was Dang really it. hoping you wouldn't. I'm in a trap. What is it? But it's so the black blue one. Is black the, blue one is Silas Wren. That's the one with the death touch. And when it does damage to a player, you can cast an artifact from your graveyard. It's also an artifact. And then the other one is, this is from the two years ago Commander set? Three yeah, the four color. Yeah, the four, four color. color. The other one, don't know the name, can't think of it offhand, but it's the white, it's one white, one red. Uh, it's an O3, but it gets plus one, plus one, plus O for each artifact you control. It has haste and first strike, right? No, no first strike and first vigilance. First strike and vigilance, there we go. Yep, yeah, sorry, switch those around. So that, that deck I originally said was my favorite at the time because I've been playing that a bit, and... It was my newest deck. It's that one's out of my play style. That one's more. I have to be aggressive. I mm-hmm. have to attack mm-hmm. you. In fact, when I first played it, we had a four-person game going, and I killed each person. I won the game by killing each person with commander damage, and I never do that. Which yeah, which doesn't happen. Like my normal style is Necrosar, where I sit back and I'm like, all right, Necrosar is gonna kill you by drawing cards. <laughs> Adam tends to be more of a control player, and. Um, <laughs> Avoiding, control. It's yeah, more of, he, I don't he, go. He's the type of person that comes out really slow, looks really innocent. And yeah, right. then at the end of the game, he just kind of like mass beats everybody, and you're just like, oh it's man, where did a that one, come? One turn, from, like, all right, you guys are all dead. Like, <laughs> and, and and I always know that my biggest problem is that I come out really aggressive with powerful cards, and then I become a target. I think we just uh, become targets will, all the all the time. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> they're always like, when in doubt. Uh, attack the smith a- attack a smith and so that was uh we we have kind of earned that <laughs> within our play group a little bit but yeah so that's uh, and my necrosar deck is probably my favorite right is now necrosar is your favorite i think i mean it's fun to play i try to play that at least once every time and then that's right. how i can tell that i like it a lot is mm-hmm. if when we play you know we only get a couple games in because sometimes they last four hours three yeah. four hours so we i have to limit what i choose out of my what 15 20 decks yeah. and you have 15 decks so it's <laughs> it, one, of, one of the things is like we both really enjoy magic we talk about it like four or five days a week yeah. easily not just times yeah. but like we'll talk in the morning and then midday hey and, I, got, I got heard this or yeah did you hear this or did you see this card and and you just kind of like ah, i wish i wish we lived closer i yeah. wish we could play more can you imagine um, if you were my neighbor man, uh, we would be playing every freaking night i'm not sure if our <laughs> wives would really like that <laughs> they might i mean the kids would play together mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah we just that, that's kind of why we decided to do the podcast in general is we're just going to talk and 
share yeah. what we do and kind of our thoughts on things. It isn't we're not trying to get money here. We're yeah. not we're, we're not we're in already this for the talking money. about magic and yeah. we enjoy our like talking to each other and we just hope that you like hearing us talk to each other. That's I think the main goal is to I don't like, know if they have will. other <laughs> Have other people listen. I don't think our wives like hearing us talk to them. Add add to the conversation a little bit and um, grow uh, thoughts and ideas. So, uh, kind of going off of piggybacking on the uh, favorites, do you have your biggest hates of the commander decks? I don't know who we play. No, no, just like, yeah, I guess out of all the decks that are being played, well, or just in general, in general, like what I wouldn't want to play against. Like, I know you don't like my. Rashmi deck. I don't. I don't like your Rashmi deck. Or are you more specific? You don't like my constant miss deck. It's, or constant miss. <laughs> well, it, it'd be better if you didn't always have it against me. Uh, See, constant right. miss is I, green I colorless. I make sure that it's sitting in my sleeve when I draw my cards. You probably and I have shouldn't it every admit hand. that on <laughs> recordings. I'm, I'm gonna watch you now. <laughs> uh, constant miss is green colorless. Uh, prevent all damage or combat damage, and then you it's can basically a fog that you just keep repeating. You sacrifice, sacrifice a, land a land to buy it back, which puts it back into your hand. And um, so Rashmi's whole ability is basically every time you play a card. You reveal the top card of your library. If it's less than that casting cost, then you get to cast it for free. You may cast it for free. Otherwise, it goes into your hand. So it's a free draw, basically, every turn. Mm-hmm. And I can play... If I play it on other people's turns, you also get the draw. That's a... I love that commander. It's actually one of the more fun ones, but I know that it pisses people off, so I don't play it as much because I'm yeah. playing all the time on other people's turns. And that's um, why, like, uh, Prophet Acrufix was banned. Yeah. You, you shouldn't... It's okay to play on other people's turn, but you shouldn't take a whole turn on other people's yeah, turns. and that's what happens. But that's why I like that deck so much, because I'm like, hey, I get multiple turns. This is awesome. And it yeah. normally works out pretty well. I mean, that deck, I think, has my one of my higher percentage rates of winning when I play that deck. I don't lose very... I'll not just be like, I, oh, I'm so good, but I, I can't... It can't beat your um, Brea deck. Yeah, because... Uh, that my, one, I couldn't... Well, because it's... Your Brea is such a target that can target... Yeah, minus four, minus four, yeah. or so I have I have ways of getting around that, but I normally don't. I can normally get rash me out, and then I need a turn to get around to be able to protect her. I would I would also say like your rash me deck has a really high win percentage, but it also has a really high misery percentage. Misery Again, for that's what I'm gonna, It has a misery percentage. There's a meter like of misery, that. and that's like <laughs> on a seven or eight level. Um, yeah, it is pretty bad. I look around the table, and everybody's just pissed. I'm yeah. Like, all right, not playing this deck again. <laughs> and generally when I have... And I'll build decks like that on accident, too. On accident, my uh, ass. Well, just to do it so that other people know how it feels like. Yeah. And then I'll take it apart after I watch everybody's face just go, this sucks. Larry, you suck. Why yeah. did you build this deck? <laughs> and it's because I have the cards and I enjoy winning every once in a while. Yeah, Lowry does give pity wins, even though he won't admit it. If somebody's having a bad night like I've had last year, I remember... He completely threw the game away. I'm like, why did you play that? You don't make dumb mistakes like that. No, I just thought it was the right thing to do. and Because I didn't have a win all night, and he just freaking gave it to me. I, I think even to this day, he hasn't admitted that he gave that to me. But he was just trying That's to fine. make it so I didn't go jump off a balcony after 
Adam can get a little extreme. Uh, <laughs> You're drunk. <laughs> I'm not drunk. It's Coca-Cola. It's morning. It's early drunk. Ah, dang. Yeah. Normally, Lowry will pick on me. And uh, when he's picking on me, that's because he has uh, a little bit too much alcohol in his system. I shouldn't say too much. He just needs a beer. And then it's like, Adam, you're my target. Well, let's be honest. There's no, I mean, there's very rarely is there too much alcohol. <laughs> um, not sure if like that's a, a real problem for a, me. A real thing. A real thing. <laughs> yeah. Or it, it, actually when you get to the too much, you just start giggling. <laughs> oh, see, told you he's drunk. He just giggled right there. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah. So our basically what we get into with our we we, we play a lot of times. We've only done drunk magic a couple times. Oh, that drunk magic is super fun. Though. That doesn't it doesn't go very well. But oh, I I need a I want a ham sandwich. Do you remember? Right now. Yeah, that was, that was his brother. <laughs> Just had to have a ham sandwich in the middle of the night. That was when we were up at the cabin, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, like, in talking about my brother, he does not play anymore. He, we Neither used to play mine. when we were yeah. kids. But, uh, so, like, the sob story for my brother was we were doing a road trip when we were kids with our dad. And uh, he accidentally left, like, a big stack of cards on top of the car. Oh, yeah, I forgot And we drove, that. like, you know, a full tank, <laughs> like, 300 miles. And when he got out, there was a single dredge skeleton <laughs> at the bottom of, of course the plastic case. Yeah, that's the only that's one. The only one. It regenerated itself. Yeah. <laughs> it fell off, came back. Yeah. Uh, dredge skeleton, black, colorless, 1-1. One, one. You, you can pay a black, colorless to uh, regenerate ex- explain it. explain bad cards it's, to people. What, it's no, a good one. Yeah. It's a good one. It will. It's one of the best walls ever. Wall. But it can attack. It can attack. So I wouldn't say it's a wall. But why would you attack with a terrible yeah, card? I guess. Just... I would say more of Will of the Wisp was uh, more of a... That was better. A zero one could attack, but it was a zero. <laughs> zero one. <laughs> so with uh, one thing we wanted to get into with how we build our commander decks, how we make our decks, is actually what our rules are on proxies. Yeah, so we, we use proxies uh, that will step in because of we we started it before but for the reasons of pickle juice story that yeah. we told earlier yeah. That's we a want, we we prime do it example to protect our cards and which a proxy what we're doing is we are taking like a basic land and then we are printing out um different art for a card sometimes we, even some people are using the same thing just printing out and taping it on you know yeah. so you, it it represents your card and that you, you have. And our rule is for proxies that you have to own it. Yep. And that was a big game changer for us because before, I mean, I owned, I think, four or five copies of Sensei's Divining Top. Well, you need that in every single deck. And I have, like I said, 15 to 20 decks. I don't want to go spend, Yeah. you know, on well, a at the card, time it was like 25 bucks. Yep. You don't want to spend $200 on Sensei Tops. Uh, it's It just made more sense to do it this way. We're not going out and playing with really anybody else it's just our play group that we're playing which, which can get up to like 10 12 yeah. people at a time but it's um, not we're not going to any card shops and playing people and then if we do go to play other people uh we ask and you know we talk to them the either same that way. or we just put in the our normal cards yeah just for that time we'll only bring like one deck but that's that's the other part of it is we were bringing i'd go to lowry's house or we go to one of our other friends house that's in the play group and sometimes you're going after work and you have to have these cards in your car all day. I mean, that's thousands of dollars sitting in your car. Yeah. And you know, If you have 15 decks. If you have one, yeah. that's Yeah, if you have one, then you're good. But 
15 deck I, I normally i have a big bag that i carry with it and so i would be carrying around thousands of dollars and it just it didn't make sense to have that much money sitting there that could easily be stolen out of your locker <laughs> when you're a fifth grader yeah, yeah exactly but yeah so we just started doing the proxies we're on three years I, three right years now, now yeah. yeah and that was pretty awesome actually i one thing i enjoyed about it is looking for the alternate art and all that and then i started designing it i take the actual card and i just expand it so it's borderless uh or full art um and then design the cards and make it so i actually have a lot of fun doing that and then we normally what our price point uh, I'm I'm actually some cards that are five dollars. I'll start to make proxies of, but where we started was like at ten dollars. Yeah, we for sure would up. put them in, and so we have binders that we just have our expensive cards that and, we can switch in and out. And another good reason to have proxies a little bit is when you do have a really expensive card. So like an example for me is like I own one Savannah, um, but again, oh, you I only have, own one. I own one. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> I only own one, which is. A lot. I mean, it's no, really it's a, good... a lot of money for we one. Got, we have all piece the duels, cardboard. right? You have all the duels. No, I don't. Oh, what do, I, I don't have Tropical Island, Volcanic Island, and Underground oh. Sea. But I, I got have those. at least one of every. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Actually, I got my Underground Sea for forty bucks. It was right yeah. before the big jump. The big jump. Yeah. Of the legacy. That was the boom. last one that I needed, and I was like, "All right, I'm buying it." And pretty much, I think within a couple months, it jumped. Yeah. Yep. It definitely did, and I was kicking myself. Well, but, I remember uh, going to the store, the uh, it, to but, the source so, when they were like ten, twenty bucks at the store. I remember just, that too. Ugh. But like the reason why, you, if you have one expensive card and have proxies, you're able to put a Savannah or an Underground Sea in all of your green, white, or yeah. black, blue decks. Just instead sure. of just having it at one and just going, ah, it'd be really nice over there. Yeah. So you're not switching it back and forth. You just and you're you're keeping it as pristine as possible because. Yeah, because that would get expensive. annoying if we were moving from one deck to the other. It'd be yeah. like 15 minutes. Hang on, guys. I'm switching decks, but it got to give me 15 minutes I, I to switch to pull, out like, from this deck from this deck I need to find this 10 deck. cards from here and then put it over yeah. into that deck. And it just makes our decks flow faster. You yeah, know, more just, efficient. More, there we go. More efficient because you just the mana is the biggest thing that makes your decks kind of lag if yeah. you don't have the right... It's, it's one of the most boring parts of deck making, but... It is one of the most important. Yeah, is what your lands can do. Yeah, uh, if you have all the tapped lands, you're just you're, you're a that turn behind. much slower. Yeah, yeah, you're a turn behind. So yeah, that was pretty much why uh, you know we came up with doing the proxies, and it's been working out pretty good with that. Um, made it so that we actually, I think, at the same time as when we started doing the specking too. Yeah, we started speculating uh, right around that time. Was one, the one of our watch. first one of our first cards was Call, Call the, the Gatewatch, Gatewatch. Which, oh my gosh, I we so we we like the card yeah. still, but we did it wrong. Yeah. So the big tip here, I'm going to give to everybody after specking for coming on three years, the same time we've done yep. the um, proxies. When you're buying a card, especially for Commander, you're more focused on the foils. What I did wrong was I bought 500 Call the Gate watches at like 25 cents or 30 cents a piece. Well, one, those aren't going to jump for a while. I thought they'd jump sooner, but you kind of need something, a rule change or something that happens to make that jump like a new card idyllic printed. Tu- yeah, yeah, idyllic tutor. And so like the example of idyllic tutor, which is like an $18, $20 card at this point, uh, that was 
250 for the longest time and then they went out and printed the theros gods that were enchantments yeah and that allowed or they made the enchantments Enchant- yeah and that allowed you to go and put an enchantment from your deck into your hand which was just like everybody went like whoa holy crap this is this is a, a decent card now and, and that and was the biggest comparison of why we specced on call the gate watch was, was because it's one white and two colorless get a card sorcery put it, speed put it into your hand instead your of hand. on top of your library like the other tutors and i was like oh my gosh this is going to be a 20 dollar card in like two years three years later it's still the same price <laughs> maybe less but yeah but if you look at the foils those haven't jumped but my example is even if that was 500 cards even if that card jumps from let's say 35 cents to five dollars even or even let's just say twenty dollars let's go crazy and say fifty dollars i'm not gonna no it's not going to it's not going to i'm just over exaggerating it but even if it jumped to that price i'm not gonna sell it's gonna take me probably 30 years just to sell those 500 back unless i'm selling them at you know a big bulk you know that was the biggest mistake is that there isn't it, it doesn't sell it isn't like the stock market where you can just go all right well now it's this. worth this i'm selling them all no you, it takes a while to sell even when you're priced right with cards you have to have the demand of somebody buying it unless it's a deck that's blowing up in modern or blowing up in edh and there's a lot of copies of them left are they going to sell quick so my my key to this my um advice to this is actually to more focus on the foils because if i bought for the same amount if i would have bought foil ones i could have probably just bought 50 of them maybe for the same price or maybe even a little bit more and then i don't have as many to sell i wouldn't say go 50 but i, I feel like 20 is i think 20 is a good, a number. good number to get and at that's if generally you're gonna, yeah. what i do as well i i've been sticking with 20 yeah um, but I I speculate for a different reason. I I don't think I've ever sold a card. Yeah, you haven't done um, that yet. I got to get I you do, on the eBay. He does I, the trading. I stuff. trade. I enjoy trading because it allows me to, you know, I buy cards at a lower price, price point, and I see the cards go up for standard modern reasons, and then you just go, okay, I'm going to move these, and it's still a lot of work. It it works for me. I, I'm able to get diversify my cards. It was a lot easier when we had Puka Trade running. It, when Puka Trade was working really well, Man, uh, which was like a year and a half ago. We got into it right at the peak, and then it fell off yeah. right after that. I mean, we got into it. It's it's hard to tell why it started failing. Um, it was and they're still working update. on. They're they're still they're still working on to try and improve the community a bit. But I remember getting. I don't. Did I get? I either got Karn or Ugin from that. I I got an Ugin. You got an Ugin. So I got a Karn. I know I bought one off of eBay, and I didn't want to wait for. Or, I got one via trade on Puka, and then the other one I was like, ah, because I bought them both or got them at the same time. The other one I was like, all right, I'm just gonna buy this because I need this for whatever commander deck I was building. Because Ugin and Karn are awesome. Yeah. So, but I mean, you're getting Karn and Ugin on Puka trade, and now you can barely get rares. And if they're a rare over a dollar, like it's hard to even get those right now. It just it's frustrating. I wish it would. It's such a good idea. It's just. I, I hope it comes back because it, it be was nice. working very nice. Because I've seen, like, I, I traded on MTG Salvation for quite yeah. some time. Um, I'd say I've been on there for five, six years now. That one's and just a little harder to, like, I like how the search engine is for Puka where you it's, just put it's your great. card in yeah. and it pops up and you say you have it. Whereas Puka's really Salvation. efficient when it comes to that. Same thing, and I just started deckbox.org um, trading on there, and it's very similar. You can you type in the cards that you have. And then you can go and find people that want that card, and then 
also have cards that you want yeah. and you put that in super efficient mtg have you traded a lot on there um i have finished about seven trades okay. in, since november end of That's november um yeah, i, I, it's, I it's got as... the account but then i it was just uh I, you know i didn't have any big stuff i wanted to trade and i have so many points in puka right now that i'm just kind of just sitting there i'm not really the only yeah. ones I have, I have my extra shock lands that I can trade, but I think I only have like five of those. Those are. The I think only there's thing... some people out there that might talk with well, you. About yeah, that. I know. <laughs> but it's only a couple. Those are the only. That's why I didn't get into it because I'm. Not, I don't have about fifty or a hundred cards that I can trade. You know that are worth something, and yeah. I've already traded all my little crap to Puka, so I already have my thirty thousand points there. So it's just, uh, I just wish uh, the the deck box sounds good when you have cards to actually trade i yeah. just don't have the higher quality or not quality higher costing worth trading with somebody you and, know and i don't think i don't think having like a really expensive card to trade for a really expensive card is necessary for trading i think you just want to be able to find cards that you want and yeah. then put something there that's close to that value it just needs to make sense for me for putting a stamp on it you know i'm not i don't want to trade a dollar card for a dollar card because then i'm spending 50 cents on the stamp, on the stamp. <laughs> and yeah, it's yeah. like oh, it doesn't make sense you, to me i, I, I try to get over ten dollars or something like that i generally say a trade's worth it after ten dollars yeah. or higher uh because of postage and the work it is to package and get to the the post office yeah and, um, yeah, and that's it, you want to make it worth your time. You don't do want to send a forty-five too. cent card on yeah. Puka or any trade. Well, and that's it the just... funny thing is, I, I think people on Puka, what they're doing right now is that because it's dead, and if you aren't trading, you kind of go into like silent, not silent, but sleep mode on Puka or something. And then like you're that. not seen as much. Yeah, people don't see you, so people will send me like a hundred points worth of cards and i'm like why are you sending me I'm just like, to, just to look almost, active yeah you're almost sending me you're paying more for the shipping to get it here yeah that's kind of ridiculous to go back on the point with the foils and stuff to give you one really good example that just happened recently is i purchased low mage mentors a few months ago is this fall and i bought what's that do that's the is it two blue and two colorless two blue one colorless one colorless oh yeah that's right and then it's tap five. Oh man now you're gonna make me pull it up all right fine well, you wanted to talk about it well, I, yeah you're right <laughs> i believe it's tap seven uh merfolk and then you get to counter target five, a spell it? and whenever you counter a spell oh you're right seven yeah whenever you counter spell you get to put a one one, one, one merfolk one. wizard into play actually it's just merfolk just merfolk yeah not a mer- merfolk wizard that's fine and then, yeah, tap seven, untap Merfolk, you control counter target spell. Now, I bought this a while back, or this fall. I bought 14 foil ones for a buck 25 and bought non foils, nine of them. And actually, that was just a fill in order. So you could actually, I, I just bought those because they were only 40 cents and it was make it, you can, on TCG, you have to spend over $2. To, yeah, get yeah. them. To so ship. that's how I was getting that. That's why I bought the regular ones. I actually just wanted foil ones, but I was like, ah, we'll get these so this can get over $2. My. Yep my foil ones well anyways that buck 25 with the the new uh rivals of ixalan coming out or when that came out with all the merfolk adding to the the pile yeah well this works perfect with that and so now people are purchasing that the price jumped from a buck 25 to over eight dollars i actually just sold one for eight dollars while the non-foils jumped from 40 cents to 60 cents. So, I mean, it's still rose, but that was my example is the foils just jumped so much more and yeah. quicker than the non-foils. Now, 
if the card still is in high demand years to come, the non-foils will jump too, but they won't jump it, as high. It takes a lot longer for yeah. them to appreciate in value. So if I would have spent all the money that I had, the, that same amount of money, and just bought non-foils, I mean, I wouldn't be selling them right still now. Still wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it would be way too many for that. So that's my biggest advice to people when you're specking, especially for edh is more get more focused on the the foils because then you don't have to buy as many and it's easier to sell them back when you're ready to sell when that price actually happens when it jumps and one thing that uh i kind of try and key on a little bit when i'm speculating on cards as well is just because you think it's good um doesn't mean it's going to go up but buy cards that you want to play with yeah um, and then it doesn't feel like such a waste either. You can just be like, you know what? I feel like this is a pretty good card. I want to build a deck with it and then see if it's actually worth it as well. Yeah. And if you think, wow, this actually is quite powerful, then you can be like, yeah, let's speculate a little bit on this. And yeah. um, Well, that's kind of one thing you wanted to do here is some of our specs, what we were thinking of doing, uh, Lowry kind of came up with this idea. Not kind of. He did come up with the idea. <laughs> is When we are talking about our specs ideas uh, in future podcasts, is we kind of want to show you what decks they work with or how what deck we might build with it. Um, actually give you kind of ideas of why this card, why we think it's actually good and why it's a good card to potentially spec on. To work with, yeah. yeah. And because a card isn't going to go up unless it's usable. So yeah. might as well say, hey, we like this card. This is where we're going to have it work. And if it doesn't work, then it's going to be hard to justify why we should speculate on it. So we want to make sure that it works. Speaking of specking, do you have one card that you in mind that you think is a uh, gift for the listeners? Oh, I'm putting you on the spot. His eyes yeah, just got are. big. <laughs> I can tell you mine. Um, mine yeah, is, I, I've been on the high horse for a while as the... Uh, talk to you about that a bunch was the mirage mirror i just think mm-hmm. especially for edh it's kind of it's not in the echelon of uh sensei's top where it needs to be in every deck but i feel like it needs to be in every deck for not only purposes of work making your deck work better like if you're playing a tribal deck and you need you can make copies of your own stuff what oh by the way what mirage mirror does it is a three drop color or artifact comes into play you can tap two and you can make a copy of basically any permanent that's on the battlefield Mm -hmm. so and it's at instant speed so if somebody's going to destroy your artifact you're like ah actually no it's a land uh you can change it into anything at any time uh, but you can't once you have the two mana well and but as soon as you change it it doesn't still have that ability so you have to wait till the end of turn so you can't change it and then change it again it's only the one time but it's still it's just brutal when you're playing edh with four people there's bad ass stuff that comes on the board you'd yep. be like i have a copy of that right now or i have a copy of that right now you know any uh it, it makes your opponents rethink if they want to play their really awesome card yeah <laughs> it it is really versatile it's colorless and it can go in any deck yeah uh it's it, like sensei's divining top in that respect soul ring it, i mean it can turn it you know it's not going to turn into a soul ring but like no. it can turn into a lotus bloom what i'm saying is it's a it's a staple color. where you need soul ring sensei's top mirage mirror i'm it i'm at that be. point you're where i feel point. like it should be in every single when you're thinking of making an edh deck you have your typical cards that need to be in there and those are artifacts because they have to be in every you know yeah yeah those I feel like it's at that point where now when I make building a deck, it's always included in my deck building for mm. each deck that I make, and it's just and again, now here's a point. Uh, one other point I want to go back with the specs really quick. 
if you're looking at regulars, the regular ones, when I would say you spec on those are when they're already a higher priced card. So okay. when it's like a $5 or more card, um, what it was, Razaketh, the one where you can sacrifice a creature and pay two life, I believe. Yeah, pay two life, and, and then you get and to then go you search for, search any, for card. any card. Like that card in itself is like a $10 card, or I believe it was a $10. Oh, let me check and see and that. But when you're looking at a higher part or higher costing uh, money wise card, then you can stick with just the regular ones there. If money, if money is a time, not time. Price, yeah, you don't. Money is a thing. Like where you actually have a budget, you can't spend over a certain amount. Because the the foils that last I checked were over twenty dollars. Now I'm gonna try to pull this up. Where is it? Is it this one? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, the foul one. Okay, so actually he's been dropping ever since. So he's at three forty-five. That would be actually a good one, I would think, for just regular. You wouldn't have to go foil on that. But Mirage Mirror, you can go either way because those are a couple bucks. But if you go with the foils, mm-hmm. it's only double that, I believe, right now. So I feel like when that one's going to jump, that one's going to jump huge. It could get 15, 20 bucks when it's all said and done. And one thing that I, I, I err on the side of caution a little bit when it comes to standard cards new cards while they're in standard um you want to you want to make sure that you're getting getting it before it starts being used in standard if it's going to be used generally it's going to trend down until it rotates out of standard and if it doesn't find a home it can middle down around the one to two dollar range yeah and i'm a lot slower on buying cards oh i'm not saying resiketh buy that right now that one's still dropping uh but that was just an example of when it was Looking at them before, but yeah, like a, pulled up Mirage Mirror just now, and the foils are still you know seven fifty. I think you can get them on TCG for six bucks, a little cheaper. Yeah. All right. So, but what did you think of one? Uh, no, specs? I was no? Um, no discussing this. <laughs> you can't discuss and think at the same time. No, no I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> not that smart. <laughs> No, that's all right. We, we we can save the specking for a different episode. I just I kind of put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, I would like to do a little bit more research on cards. And, Is there anything um, from Rivals that you uh, that you like? Rivals that I like? I feel like everything it just came out. I know uh, but, within the week, and everything is going to be pretty overpriced. Well, no, I'm not saying specking right now, but hoping that they drop. Like I, I oh. want Itlamog to drop from Ixalan. I want that one to drop down to like three, two, three bucks in the foil versions. I actually want those to drop under ten, but that's we'll see if that yeah. happens. Well, one one card I do really like from Rivals of Ixalan is Storm the Vault. Oh yeah, uh, I like that card too. I, I just really enjoy the, a lot of the flip cards that come in Ixalan and uh, Rivals of Ixalan. It just seems that one. I yeah, we've talked about that one a little bit before. It just seems so easy to flip. Like, yeah, especially if you're playing a, an, an artifact, artifact deck, and it's like, like, like turn Bre- one. <laughs> Brea is going to abuse the crap out of this yeah. card. And oh, your Brea and deck, red, blue, you can't two put colorless. That in there. You know that, right? No, it's already in there. What? So yeah, <laughs> that was fast. <laughs> I mean, when it when it flips, it gives you a blue mana for each artifact that you control, and or it can just tap for whatever color mana you need. So it's Telerium Academy. Yeah. In a nutshell, actually, it's better than Telerium Academy because it can get you any color plus the. Yeah, the so blue. it can fix you. It ramps you. I'm saying it, that right. Telerium Academy, right? It's, yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can correct me if I say it wrong. Would, Come I on would, now. I would much rather let the comments. Let, let everybody go. Yeah. That was terrible. I can't we, believe you we said want, it like that. We want people to interact with us. <laughs> yeah. And so if it's positive, 
positive or negative. You're an idiot. Whatever presses good press. Like that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? If you if you rip me, here's the thing: is I have partial dyslexia, so you're gonna feel really bad because I I can't read. No, really can read. bad. <laughs> I can read just fine, but yeah, I'm, that that's gonna be my excuse why I say things and read things wrong. But yeah, I I like that pick. It's. I, I like I, it's a ton of the, the flip cards are a ton of fun yeah i love the flip cards those are yeah. all i love from ixalan are all not, it's not like crazy news here but those are my specs that i'm looking at waiting for prices to drop yeah i'm not buying them yet because i'm kind of waiting until their prices come down yeah cradle of itlamok from ixalan oh. is really good that turns into a guy's cradle it's that's it's really it turns into a better guy's cradle it that's turns like... into yeah because then you can actually tap it when you don't have creatures oh that's true yeah. yeah so it's a little better but the thing is to get it to flip but even it's just playing that the front part of the card is almost good by itself you as, know? as a green semi draw spell yeah. it's pretty decent like there's not a lot of good there's there's some good draw in green but this helps and then turns it into ramp as well at the same time uh it's it's a really good card i would say there's a lot less good flips in this set and Ix- and rivals than compared to just ixalan i think ixalan kind of wore out all the good ideas they're like all right we're gonna do gaia's cradle we're gonna do <laughs> they, they took all the good the maze they're gonna take this one and this one and then they got to rivals and they're like oh shit we only have like one good card left from uh the the, the <laughs> development team for rivals of ixalan turned to just ixalan developers like you took all you the good ideas some bitches <laughs> So we gotta, it, make, we gotta actually make stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> you guys just stole old cards and tried to make it made worse old cards. We gotta make stuff up. They're still good. I still like them. Um, yeah, yeah, they're still good. I think they're the things to kind of spec. They're, on they're great bit, value, but, yeah. like for what they are. Not specking yet. Not not everybody can trade Adam when they're kids. A guy is cradle. <laughs> yep, that and, was uh, that's uh, my pride and joy from Lowry. <laughs> Keldron Warlord for a guy's cradle yeah. or Gaia's cradle, as it's, I say it. Talk about bitter feel bad for yeah. twenty years. <laughs> That's, That's a nice card, thank you, Larry. Yeah, not a problem. <laughs> I think you also pointed out the last night when uh, I had my my son's first birthday. Uh, yeah, I, I traded him a consecrated Sphinx when it came sweet. out. Sweet. And I traded him uh, the Crater Hoof Behemoth. Crater Hoof Behemoth. He's a nice cousin. And I don't even remember cards that I got back. That's... I think he just gave it to me for free. No, <laughs> no. Well, I mean, oh, I much. remember it was a crawl worm no no i believed you for a second and then i wouldn't do that <laughs> but it's good to trade Craw, with worm for everybody is two green four colorless it's a six four so you don't why, why are you it explaining does, a crappy card you don't explain it's, crappy cards it's, <laughs> it's really good you just say crappy card when it's called uh nostalgia <laughs> anyways that this is our basically our our podcast in a nutshell we kind of Gave you a background of who we are, how we came to be with magic, and what we do with our magic rules and everything. That won't be how each week how our podcasts are going to go. We're no, going to kind of yeah. pick out topics of what we want to talk about. Probably again, we we will want to go over new cards that are being spoiled. Yeah, when, especially when, when that season uh, time is around. appropriate. Yep. Um, and we'll want to talk about how cards, older cards, interact with the newer cards because that's what can't, Commander's all about. It's not. It's not legacy. It's not. Uh, modern it's the whole swath of everything and it, it allows a whole ton of cards uh diversity so yep and then also we'll be doing the specking we'll give you kind of ideas of things that we might be specking on that week maybe even cards that have jumped that yeah. uh, we had specked on or even that 
just pointing out something that jumped because of EDH. Um, I'm really excited about the future because we're. I know the next set that we're going to is Dominaria. Oh, yeah. And so it's kind of going like, wow, that's that's like a not specifically, but it's like a ten year history of when what magic was. Larry knows made. the history more of this stuff too. He used to, I know it better. I'm, I'm getting not, it. I'm getting more as I've uh, been listening to a lot of different podcasts and stuff like that and i'm probably Lowry's i'm i'm more of the story more smith out of us the story, he's the word smith he's the story smith what what smith aren't you well, i'm not the adam smith so. <laughs> there's only one adam smith <laughs> that's a pretty common name Shut i'm up. pretty sure <laughs> nice so but yeah so that each week we'll kind of it, whatever happens that week we'll just kind of go from there i mean we'll we, just try and be entertaining and uh you like really us, We're give just gonna, us uh, some nice feedback, you know. uh, things you like. You don't have to put what you hate. Just keep yeah, that to yourself. We'll probably not pay attention There's to too it much anyway. hate in the world. Yeah. <laughs> just love. Yeah. But yeah, if you, uh, you guys liked us, don't come join us again. Ego. What was that? Don't shatter my ego. <laughs> All right. We will check you guys later. All right, have a good one. See ya.